Well, good morning to uh, the wonderful family and friends of Gary Troublefield who are here to celebrate. Uh, I can't say Gary's name without smiling, and so I hope you do as well. Deb, if we could turn this down just a bit, that would be great. Um, let me start with a, before we open in prayer, uh, I hope you take all of this in today. This is how Gary's legacy looks, and it's important, and it's an important day, and it's an important day to be together, and it's a testimony to who Gary is to see the fruit of his life. It won't be on a piece of paper. It won't be in a house. It will be here today. And so on behalf of Adele, Colleen, Gary, and the family, we thank you for being here today. Death leaves a heartache no one can heal, but love leaves a memory that no one can steal. It's something to hold on to. It's really the only thing we bring with us, our memories. Gary Ernest Troublefield, despite how he spells it, <laughs> was born May 8th, 1949, and went to be with Jesus March 5th, 2023. Gary was born and raised in Hayward, California, except for a few years in Aztec, Mexico. He went to high school in Hayward, California, and graduated from high school in 1968. Gary worked with his grander, his grandfather, at... I'm so glad I didn't do a typo here. At a chicken ranch. This... Stop, stop. This job ultimately taught him how to barter, Adele said. He would trade eggs for milk and meat. And he particularly liked to drink raw milk. Gary and his cousin Jarnigan would fry bologna on an open fire and pick berries and apples in the well, and with the help of Myrtle, his, his or grandmother, would turn into pies. Some of Gary's family traditions, I loved learning these, that he loved going to Hagerman in New Mexico to see his mother and father every Christmas. And he loved seeing his aunts, his uncles, and cousins. Gary worked as a caddy, <laughs> he worked for hunts at the cannery. He sold cars in Fremont. He sold firewood. He owned his own tree service. And he also sold and repaired tires. Gary and Adele were married May 31st, 1975, at Bethel Temple in Hayward, California. And they were married for 47 years in a row. They had two children, Gary and Colleen, and Gary is preceded in death by his parents, Archie in 2007 and Melba in 1995. Gary is survived by his wife, Adele, his son, Gary, his daughter, Colleen, three grandchildren, his sister, Judy Bernards, his brother-in-law, Bob Bernards, his, his nieces and nephews, Holly, Jeremy, Lori, and Joel, his grandnephews, Dojo, Dawson, and grandnieces, Josie and Veda. He also survived by many other cousins and other family, and most also his friends. Gary loved to hunt. He loved to make money. He loved eating out at restaurants and telling stories, mostly about himself. <laughs> Gary was a big personality. Not just a big man, but a big man. I, uh, last time I saw him, and he was laying in that bed, I've never seen someone continue to look at you with those big blue eyes, still have that big old smile, and still have the energy to laugh. The first thing I thought of when I went to visit him, when I got a call from Adele, is, man, Gary would come to the seniors' potlucks and if Gary was there, it would, no matter what, it was going to be fun. He was going to, I would watch him because he would light the room up. And I know we say that about people, but Gary really did. And if, and if you didn't notice him, eventually you would. Whether he was laughing real big or telling some story, it was always, always big. 
The only thing I probably was more jealous of than Gary than anything else is the fact that I think doing the videos, as I was doing the video with all the pictures, Adele, that man, I figure, could grow a beard in less than seven hours. <laughs> it was amazing. I, it's amazing. He was just that kind of guy. But at the same time, there's a rare combination in this world when you find somebody who not only loves people, loves to be around, loves to laugh, you know, is just kind of lighthearted, but appreciates it so much. The gratitude in Jerry's heart, Gary's heart, excuse me, was amazing to me. Even as he's laying in that bed, he's just, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. The God is so good. Just a heart of gratitude. I hope that no matter what circumstance I'm in, that I can have that heart of gratitude no matter what. It's what I'm taking with me, is to love people and be, be thankful. One of the people that, because of that, that just kept going through my head about how fast he, he, he would grow a mustache or a beard, and it was all, I mean, sometimes it was real trim short, sometimes it was ZZ top. I mean, it was unbelievable. And I thought, you know what? This reminds me a lot of Samson. Samson and Delilah in the Bible. A quick overview of the story of Samson and Delilah. Many, many people know it begins with the announcement of Samson's birth by the angel of the Lord. And that's in the book of Judges. And what's amazing about that is Samson is one of the few in scriptures whose birth was divinely pronounced to his parents, pre-announced. He has shared his honor with Isaac, John the Baptist, Jesus. And the other thing I thought of, I didn't know this until I started working on this, the name Samson means sunshine. And it, he was born in somewhere, Samson, around 1045 B.C. And during a dark period of Israel's history. And with the Spirit, upon, God, uh, Spirit of God upon him, it says in the book of Judges, that Samson was this powerful man. He had supernatural strength. And the story reveals also that he was very intelligent and had an unusual sense of humor. While he had almost unlimited potential to deliver his people from the Philistines, unfortunately, his story ends in needless tragedy. He, didn't, he not only failed to deliver his people, he had disobedience, he had defeat, disgrace, destruction. I mean, despite all of this, the wonderful thing in the grace of God is that the Lord had favor upon him. There are so many valuable lessons that we can glean from the story of Samson and Delilah. Though born with unbelievable potential, Samson forfeited his life because of sin. The lesson for us is deeper if we allow ourselves to be influenced by glamour or allurement of sin. It's actually the more blind we become. I thought of Gary as he was blind, pretty much blind, towards the end. And yet at the same time, he would still have those eyes. Look, I don't know how he did it. He was still looking at you. He just knew. And we have to accept that this reality of sin can affect all of our lives. We have to know that sin will blind us. And if we don't watch it, we end up with the tragedy of the end of Samson. We learn from, from God that, that he can use, that God can use the wicked as well as the righteous and he can always accomplish his will through anyone. Gary wasn't perfect. I'm sure Adele would tell you maybe once in a while he wasn't perfect. I don't think Gary would tell you that. <laughs> but he would tell you that it was by the grace of God that he lived his life. We also can discover that, the, that our own righteousness, our own wickedness, will never deter God from doing his will and loving us. And though God punishes wrongdoing, he will wait in sometimes delivering that. And despite of all of Samson's weaknesses, he's turned back to the Lord before he died. God in his sovereignty used Samson to fulfill his purpose. And perhaps the greatest lesson we learn is that God would rather forgive than judge. And that's what really stuck with me with Gary. 
I don't think Gary liked to be mad at anybody. I don't think he enjoyed it. He would rather forgive and just love. In the final analysis, God saw Samson as a man of faith. This is evidenced by the fact that he's also listed in the book of Hebrews under the hall of faith. He's listed among Abel and Enoch and Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Jehathab, and David, Samuel, and Samson. When we read through those list of names, the great thing is none of them were perfect. Samson was the strongest man that ever lived, it said, but it was God who gave him strength. Gary would tell you the same thing. He would say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. More importantly, Samson let himself be used by God. See, I believe God has these special people in our lives that are designed to lift us up, to bring joy. It's a rare gift indeed. When Gary walked into a door, you didn't go, oh, Gary's here. When Gary walked in the door, it meant something. And I believe God used that to affect all of us and to remember how much he loved people, how much he loved his family, and as you'll see in the video in a little bit, how much he adored his children and cherished his wife. The greatest thing about God, and I would say the same thing about Gary, he's willing to meet us right where we are right now. And he's willing to take us in and take us wherever we will let him take us. The Bible says in James chapter 4 verse 8 that if we come near to God, he will come near to you. Gary didn't always wait for you to come near to him. He got right up in your face. And it's a beautiful testimony to who Gary was and who will always be in our hearts. After the slideshow, I want to... Uh, actually, you know what? I didn't open in prayer, did I? And I wrote it down too. <laughs> Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this man, Gary, in our lives. We thank you that you brought him into us by, by your divine wisdom, that it wasn't by accident that any of us knew him, that it was all designed. So God, when we look at this video and we look at Gary, we don't really have to ask, why did you do that? Because we know the joy that he brought I pray for comfort for his family. And I pray, God, that you draw near to everyone here today and that this memory of today would never leave us and that we can live by that example of meeting people right where they're at and accepting them for who they are. We thank you, Jesus. Amen.
streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name
strong when I am on your shoulders. You raise me up to more than I can be. At this time, we'd like to offer an opportunity for you to share a memory or a story, if you'd like to share your heart. Hi, I'm Adele's cousin, but I'm not just Adele's cousin. I was Adele's first child, and a lot of people don't know that. Gary wasn't just a cousin, he was a brother, just like Adele is more of a sister to me and always has been rode through everything in my life that I've been through and never turned her back on me. Even when I had my life and not so good. And, you know, we all go through struggles and your struggle is not mine and mine isn't yours. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't love us and that doesn't mean the power of grace. You know, that's what we're here for today. This is a man, this is God's grace and mercy because at the end he went to heaven. When I met Gary, Gary preached all the time. He'd come up and tell you about God. There wasn't a stranger. I don't even need a mic. Yeah, but they're, if, if you could, they're online. Oh, okay. No, so just keep it. Oh, here there we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> when I met him, he'd, he didn't know a stranger. He'd go up to every single person and tell you about God and tell you about the Word and quote the Scripture and tell you and encourage you in everything you did. And I worked side by side with him, with my father. My father owned a tree service also. And Gary worked for him in the beginning and we worked side by side, loading brush trippers, hauling brush, side by side. And I think we had more fun than we did work, but we did get a little bit done during the day. You know, Gary, like everybody else, has went through struggles, and, but he always came back. And you know, they say, it's not how many times a man falls, it's how many times you get back up, because it's the grace of God. We're not saved because we're perfect, and we're not saved because we look all the same. We're not saved by what we do, because grace is grace. Mercy is mercy, and it's new every day. We're saved because God loved us and went to the cross before you were even born. Before you were even born, before your parents were even married, he knew each one of us, and that's how we were saved, by God's mercy and grace. And God loves each one of us. And you know, I sit back and I laugh because as they got married, I was their first kid. So they, when my parents couldn't hand, handle me because I was unruly and wild and trying to live life on my own, I had nowhere to go, and they took me in. They took me in, and I was their first child. And they practiced with me, and believe me, they learned rough. <laughs> they learned it hard. Because I was a very rebellious, stubborn. They didn't know where I was half the time. And half the time I was running with Gary. And we'd get in his triumph and go not do nice things. But I tell you, the love that Gary and Adele had and the faithfulness they had to each other, it never, it never faded. 
They never separated. They never went their own ways. They went through it, and Adele stood by him, and he stood by Adele. And you know, even as things are going on now in their life, in Adele's life, in Colleen's life, God is going to restore this family. He's going to restore it, and everything the enemy took, God is going to give you back sevenfold. It's not over. It's not over. He's going to renew your strength. Because, see, you taking care of your husband took a toll on you. It took a toll on you, but God is going to bring you back, Adele. You are not here by accident, and you're not here by coincidence. And we got a lot of miles to do still. <laughs> and I believe that. And I, I believe that. You know, and I, I thank everybody that came today to be a part, because if you knew Gary, Gary loved everybody. He had a love, a compassion for people, and he had a lot of patience. He wasn't perfect, but none of us are. You know, if they had a book on how to be a parent, we'd all have it made. We wouldn't make mistakes. But you know, through those mistakes and trials and, and tribulations, we learn to be a parent. And it may be too late and we get to make up through our grandkids a lot of the time. But let me tell you something, and being a grandma, like she knows, is a blessing. Because see, when you're a mom, you're so busy worrying about how you're going to feed them, cooking the dinners, doing the laundry, cleaning and working, and everything else that comes with it, that you kind of miss your kids growing up, even though you're right under the same roof. But when you're a grandmother, like she is now, you get to make up for it. Because, see, the time you get with them is all about them. There's no shared time. There's no separation in time. It's total devotion to your grandkids. And I know you know that. And God's keeping you here for that. I want to thank everybody that came today. I want to thank you. And if you knew Gary, he left a long-lasting memory in your mind and in your heart because he had a compassion for people and he didn't know a stranger. And when you look at his picture, you see grace. And you see the mercy of God that carried him through. Because in the end, he's, he, he suffered. But let me tell you something. He went to heaven. And I know that, that I know that. And I want to thank you today for letting me speak. You should put me on. You did good. Anyone else like to share? There you go. Colleen? I got to look at my So today I'll start out that I'm Gary Nadell's daughter. My dad was my best friend. And the reason why I knew that is because when I was a little girl, he would ask, who's your best friend? Asking me over and over again until I'd say, Daddy, you're my best friend. As a teenager, I'd say, not you. <laughs> but life goes on. <laughs> I still loved him every day. He was a rough guy on the outside, but sweet and soft, and inside like a big teddy bear. Over the years, my dad would help me out in life when things were hard and life wasn't always easy. I felt the love that he always cared. I only got to know him for 39 years. Most might not know him longer or shorter, in time. Forgive me. He loved, he loved to give and take care of people he loved. He was a jolly, free-loving guy in spirit about him, loving to tell stories. His life was always an adventure. He loved his family and friends. He believed in recovery in Jesus Christ. He would get up early, and the whole house had to get up <laughs> with his jolly self, singing and dancing around, and all wanted to sleep in. 
He was a good grandpa to his grandchildren. He loved them as much as he loved me. He showed them that he really loved them, those kids. He would tell them about how cute and how cute they are and how much fun he was having them around. He loved my mom, his wife, and even when he got Alzheimer's and didn't be very nice at times, at the end of the day, he would say, Adele, I love you, and I was, I'm very thankful for you. He was always a phone call away for me. He will always be missed, but no, he's in a better place. Thank you all for coming today. He wanted us to be happy and sit around and, and care. Wanted us to have fun and enjoy each other's company. Thank you. Good job. Good job. Is there anyone else who would like to share? God, give me strength. I'm sorry. I met Gary in, in high school, 1964. I gotta get this out. Take your time. We immediately became friends. There was several of us that used to run together. And I could tell you some stories, but this is not the appropriate place. <laughs> <laughs> Gary opened his heart to me. And you were right uh, about the beard, Pastor, because uh, he used to enter in the beard growing contest at Haywood High School. <laughs> and he'd always get beat out by one guy, Carl Machado, a little Portuguese man. <laughs> the guy grew a beard in about three hours. Um, anyway, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time together. Uh, when we got out of high school, we, uh, we moved in. Four of us moved in together. Uh, into an apartment, and I got stuck with Gary because it was a three-bedroom. <laughs> and so Gary and I had to share a bedroom. He worked for uh, Fleisch, Fleischmann's Margarine at that time, a margarine company, and he was hands-on with the margarine. So needless to say, every night the bedroom would smell like margarine. <clears throat> now you're just slipping and sliding all over the place. We spent a lot of time together. When Gary met Adele, his whole life changed. You know, people marry for different reasons. And uh, there's the soulmate thing. And, uh, and I think when Gary met Adele, it was soulmate. And they never separated. I personally don't see how you put up with them all these years, Adele. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Gary always opened his door for a friend. And uh, you know, when you guys were in Tahoe, when you guys were in Clear Lake, everywhere, it was always the doors open and he embraced you as soon as you came in. Such a big, dynamic man, has such a heart of gold. But one thing about Gary, you talk about his big blue eyes, mm -hmm. he was not one to reckon with. And you could tell by looking into those blue eyes whether it was going to be a good day or a bad day. <laughs> um, I love him like a brother. And I'm going to miss him. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. Hello, I am Andrea. I'm the mom of the three grandkids that keep being mentioned. Um, I remember uh, the very first time I met Gary and as I uh, got to know him over the 18 years, 
um, that I knew him, uh, this is something that we continue to do. Uh, one of the very first times that it was just me and him, we went out to get pedicures. And even, even near the, the very end, it was, hey, Andrea, what are you doing? Let's go get a pedicure. So <laughs> I have lots of fond memories of that. And even though I'd only known him 18 years and come in essentially at the very end, um, he never forgot me and he never forgot his grandkids. This one, Ella Page, being the youngest who's only been with us for almost four years. But um, even though we were all recently on the scene, he never forgot us, never forgot our voices, and always loved to have us come over. And so that was something that we always made a priority to have those special moments with the family and take lots of pictures um, so that we could enjoy them on a day like today. So just wanted to share that. Thank you. Job. Is there anyone else who would like to share? Well, this time, uh, we'll invite, oh, there he is already, Russ Brown from his Generation Life Church family. And, uh, you know, Russ, just a great example of Gary bringing people together as uh, our, our two churches. And I uh, appreciate you being here. And uh, Pastor Steve as well at Mount Zion Church, our two families together. I think I met Gary and... Adele in Sunday school class when they attended our church in seventh grade a few years ago. There's a a thought. We all think we're somebody sometimes.
So as we draw towards the end here of this time of sharing, and afterwards you're all invited to go downstairs and continue sharing, I just want to, I'm going to read the 23rd Psalm out of the message version, but maybe some of you either here or family or friends online, how did Gary get to this point? How did he have a not a perfect, but a wonderful marriage. Family, friends, success. Well, he didn't do things his own way. He turned from his own way and went towards God's way. In the Bible, they call that repentance. It's not just asking Jesus in your heart. It's following someone who's perfect. And the person you're following who's perfect has an immense amount of grace and mercy for us who are not. So I say that because if you knew Gary, but you didn't know Jesus, you have unfinished business with Gary. And you have unfinished business with God. So take this day and remember who he is, who Gary is right now. There is no Gary was, except for where his address used to be. There is still Gary. And God holds time in his hand. So Gary's not up there in heaven, twiddling his thumbs, waiting and waiting and waiting. Time doesn't work like that in heaven. I don't know how it works, but I know it's not there. But if you want to be with him again and know where he's at, he's already forwarded his address to you. And it's just by turning your life towards him and following Jesus. The 23rd Psalm in the message words it this way. And I thought it was more appropriate the way Gary would have said it. God is my shepherd. I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows and you find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. And even when the way goes through Death Valley, I am not afraid because you walk by my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure and you serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love, they chase after me every day of my life. And I'm back in a home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Could we all stand, please, as we close in prayer? Father, there's no greater fruit in our life than bringing you glory. And as we've heard through the stories today, as we've seen through pictures, as we've, we've talked to one another and we'll share continually, there's a lot of glory going to Jesus today. And we thank you for the fruit of Gary's life, the legacy that he has left, and that he's not done yet. For there are those that he has been in touch with, in contact with, been related to, that if they don't know Jesus, they need to surrender their life to you, God. And that was Gary's fruit of his life. Father, we thank you that we are here together unified for one purpose, to honor a man 
who has brought so much joy and love into all of our lives. I pray, Lord, now you draw near to those that are hurting, that, God, you stir up our spirits in remembering the memories that just make us smile, as Gary would always smile. That, God, we would value our family, our friends, and people we've never met before, and we would value them and cherish them as you do, as Gary did. God, we ask you to just help us during this time as we mourn. And that, Father, this legacy continues. I'd ask you to pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Jesus' name, the family said, Amen. Well, God bless you. Please continue to share your stories downstairs. And the family, once again, thanks you all for being here. Background music.